Welcome to the Skill Stadium, a podcast for the skilled trades, where you can learn about the opportunities and benefits of working in the skilled trades from business owners, hiring managers, and the hardworking, talented professionals. And now, your host, Keith Williams. Hi, Keith Williams here with the Skill Stadium Podcast, and I am excited today to have Jesse Hernandez. Jesse is a regional lean manager for Turner Constructions. He's born and raised in the south side of San Antonio, Texas, graduated from Brackenridge High School, and he is a second-generation plumber who began his career and wanted and is most proud of the role he played in launching hands-on trade-based internship programs for high school students. He got into his current job as a result of nurturing his curiosity, volunteering, public speaking. And in his free time, he and his brothers work on learnings and missteps podcasts. And when they have some quarantine breaks, they like to go out salsa dancing. Please welcome Jesse Hernandez to the Skill Stadium Podcast. Jesse, how are you today? Oh, I'm good. I'm good, Keith. Thank you. How are you? Great, great. It's it's kind of interesting how we met. We connected on LinkedIn. I didn't even know who you were. I knew the podcast, but I didn't know who was affiliated wow. with the podcast. So it was really interesting how we connected and the power of social media. Yes, yes. Well, and we we have uh, kindred spirits. Definitely, definitely. Uh, you know, we have we're trying to grow these skill trades and get more people into skill trades. And I, I got to say, I'm I'm very impressed with the uh, work that you're doing with high school students, and that naturally appealed to me. Ah, thank you. Yes, Jesse, can you share what kind of child you were growing up? How did that shape you into the man that you are today? Oh yes. Uh, so I was a rambunctious, restless questioning, curious kid. Uh, I was in trouble quite often because I couldn't sit still. Things weren't moving fast enough for me. And so I was in trouble a bunch. Now, how did that translate into the person I am now? It, it took a lot for me to, to learn how to manage my, my tics and, and my energy, but it absolutely helped me find my place, find my home in construction. When I first time I walked onto a commercial job site, it was right right out of high school, and there was so much going on. Uh, the noise, machinery, action, it, it was just an environment that, that all of my uh, disruptive behavior was no longer an issue. So I, drove, I, I just knew, I felt like I was home, dove into construction, and then over you know a couple decades, public speaking and, and talking to folks and helping other people was was enough to harness my energy but it's all it's still i still have those issues if i'm sitting in an office next to you i will drive you crazy because i'm noisy i move around a lot i can't i just can't sit for very long so still working on that no, there's nothing wrong with that. You are who you are. I, I can relate to that. I was pretty rambunctious as a kid myself, and I definitely like to move, and I think that's perfectly healthy. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So wh- why plumbing? Why did you become a plumber? Ah, so dad's a plumber. Uh, so I'm a second-generation plumber. Um, we have a few plumbers in our family, and, you know, I used to do help dad with side jobs since we were little kids, me and my brother Ernest. And it wasn't the plan. It was absolutely not the plan to be a plumber. But I needed money. The the, se- the summer of my senior in high school, I needed some money to pay for room and board. 
And, and dad said, okay, well, I can get you a job over here. And, and like I previously said, when I landed on the job site, I was like, oh my goodness, this is awesome. The environment was welcoming for me, but like the physicality of the work was really important. So I was kind of a wannabe jock in high school where I played baseball and stuff. Uh, so being, you know, physically active, there's a competitive nature out on the job site, right? I can try to outproduce people and I, I get something out of that. And there's also a, you know, problem solving component in executing the work. You got to figure things out. It's not like just, you just put it together. There's, there's some, some critical thinking that's required. And so all of those things, those things are present in every trade. But again, my dad was a plumber, so I had some knowledge base. I knew what the tools were. I knew the different types of fittings, the different types of materials. So it just naturally led to me getting raises faster. So I stayed there. Excellent. How did you balance, you know, because you mentioned you were a senior in high school. How did you balance school and working as a plumber and you played sports? You must have been one busy fella. Uh, oh, that's a good question. So while I was in high school, if I did any plumbing, it was only on the weekend with that. And it was rare, you know, but in my high school years. So I didn't get directly into plumbing until I graduated from high school uh, and started working full time as in over the summer. But I did have jobs in high school. I worked fast food like all the time just to, to make extra cash. But that's very different <laughs> than yeah. working on a job site. Yeah. Would you say that plumbing back in the day, you know, was more lucrative than working fast food? Because obviously you had the option to do both. And what, what was your take? Oh, with, yeah. You know, without a doubt. So, you know, the, the, there was some give and take. <laughs> and what I mean by give and take, working out in construction, you're, you're exposed to the elements. So when it's hot, baby, it's hot. And when it's cold, it's cold. Right. Um, now, my schedule was, was stable. I was 18 years old, working from 7 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. Monday through Friday. And if overtime was available, of course, I jumped on it. Mm -hmm. Working in, in fast food or any other work that I was qualified for at that time would have had a fluctuating schedules, days, nights, weekends, and wasn't, wasn't stable, right? Like the schedule changes week to week. Sure. Uh, so now the downside of uh, the sacrifice of that is I wasn't able to, to be around uh, people my age. I was The ladies were absent. I could not. There were no ladies for me to flirt with. Uh, and I didn't get to work in the air condition anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, I can understand that. I can see that. Definitely. Especially as a young man. As a young man, I can see that. Yes. Big challenge. <laughs> Yes, yes. That, definitely. Uh, but you know what? You had a little bit more money in your pocket. So when you had free time, well, absolutely. Yeah, there you go. You go on a nice. Yes. Day. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Well, and the pay, right? The pay was double. I was making double working my plumbing as a plumber's helper that I would have made hourly in, in in the restaurants or in fast food or any other job, again, that I qualified for at the time. No, that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. And, mm -hmm. and again, that that's even more um, more reason why people should work in the skill trades because it definitely today I know pays more than what people make in in retail or working in a fast food restaurant so yeah sounds about right for sure yeah can you share someone who had a big influence on you when you first started as a plumber uh, maybe somebody who mentored you and what did you learn from them oh my goodness so there's a there's a bunch of them you know I'll, I'll get to three so dad of course mom and dad, they, they are hardworking people. 
Uh, my father, there's a lot of people that know him in Texas and he worked overseas. There's a lot of people that know him there. And everybody will say like that man to this day can outwork just about anybody. He, he and there's a lot of men in that generation, uh, men and women. When when I think of hard working hard, like just keep pushing and make and keep working, it's my dad. So I learned that from him. Mentors. The very first journeyman that I worked under that wasn't my father. His name was Johnny Martinez, and he had some clear expectations for me. And it was to buy a tool, a brand new tool, every week, or else he wouldn't let me work. And that I had to, you know, get my apprentice's card and start thinking about what I wanted to do. Did I want to be a helper forever, or did I want to progress? And I practiced what he taught me with so many apprentices in my career. Buy yourself a tool every single week. Have an idea of what you want to do. Continue learning. Um, so it's helped me grow as, as a mentor myself. Lastly, there's two individuals that I've worked with, uh, with my former employer, which is Jim Jones and Wesley Baker. And they both helped me understand that developing people and making money are absolutely critical. You, your, my success, my career success would be limited if I only did one. So if all I did was make money on my projects and didn't develop people, there was a limit as to what I could grow into and the inverse, right? Vice versa. So it, it, it helped me understand the importance of developing people because early in my career, all I wanted to do was outperform everybody around me. And I really, I had no concept of developing people, but they helped me understand it and it's changed my life entirely. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, that's where you really gain value when you can lead others and make others around you better. That's, that's a game changer. Oh yeah. Yeah. So we have a skills gap now and I'm sure you're seeing this. How do we fix this? <laughs> uh, one pair of boots at a time. Like <laughs> it's a long road, <laughs> right? It's it's a long game. We we all know, right? There was a huge movement to to get college geared, uh, get students geared up and prepped for for college and to further their education and so forth. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's a fantastic thing. But what it did was it created this big giant gap, a generational gap in the trades. And within the education system, the push, they're incentivized, right, to, to get kids into college. So naturally, that's what they're going to focus on. And the message, you know, so I think part of, of the solution is changing the message. You know, the message I received and that still is out there today is go to college or flip burgers. Mm-hmm. And that message is false. Right, because going to college is not the only choice. It is one of many choices. So if we change the message from go to college, join the armed forces, get in a trade, you know, vocational work, like there's all kinds of career opportunities that are perfectly suited to, to nurture the skills and talents of our youth. And, and but that's not being presented to the students. So that's the education's responsibility, right? The, that department from employers' responsibility. Report, employers really need to to open their mind and get past the you know they don't make them like they used to ideology. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because there are absolutely some young young students out there that that we need, and we we just you know employers do a poor job of being open minded and actively engaging and recruiting the the students or the youth that's out there that, that just really need 
need a place to go, you know? Yes. Uh, we've got, here in San Antonio, we've got some high schools that their CTE programs, construction and technology education programs, they have construction-based programs in high school. And they come out with an OSHA 10 certification. They come out with fundamental understanding of tools, materials, and so forth. And they don't enter construction. And both parties are responsible, right? The employer and the education system. So bridging that gap is really where, where I spend most of my free time mm-hmm. thinking about and, and trying to come up with a solution for that. Definitely, definitely. Now, why do you think students should consider a career in plumbing? Ah, so, you know, I, I, I know that it is not for everybody. Now, now, if you are an individual that's got this just tremendous amount of energy sitting down in the classroom environment or sitting rather let's let's play that forward right sitting down in an office environment if you can't sit in a classroom brother you're not going to be able to sit down in an office (laughs) right so so it's really it's really understanding what type of environment is best suited for you so if you've got that that type of energy um, and you, you, you enjoy working with your hands. You don't mind getting dirty. You don't mind competition and, and physical challenges. Plumbing is, is the space for you. You know, there's the other stuff, right? Like you can make a lot of money, a whole lot of money, but you know, money's good. Money's kind of important, but that's really relative to your debt. I, I, for me, it's more about what is the right environment for the individual. Right. If if you're not a social person and you don't like working in teams and you don't like stress and pressure and, and target dates and expected outcomes, the plumbing may not be the place for you. <laughs> so again, it's really understanding what your environment is. And if you like that type of environment, right, the, the go fast, make it happen, get things done, figure it out, make, make a lot of mistakes, but learn quickly, that's why you should be in plumbing. Yeah, I get it. That makes sense. That makes sense. What do you think are the most important traits and qualities to be a successful plumber? Oh, so I would, you know, at the top is being a team player because you're, you're always, you can't, it's very difficult to get any of the work done by yourself. I mean, there are some, you know, divisions of plumbing, maybe service work, depending on the size of that, the, the job can be done with one person. But you're almost always going to be working with somebody else. And if you get into commercial or industrial type plumbing, you're absolutely going to be part of a team. So having a, an appreciation for being part of a team and contributing to a team, you've got to have that. Mm-hmm. And the other one that, again, is, is unspoken is you got to want to teach, right? you got to want to develop the next generation. And we're, we're thin as it is, and I don't mean waistline thin. I mean, we don't have enough. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, there is a type of thinking out there that, well, I'm not going to teach this young person because they may take my job. Mm-hmm. And really, that's not even possible right now. <laughs> so right, it, it's two things is you know, being able to work on a team and contribute to a team, be a role player, be a leader, whatever the, whatever the case calls for, and being a, a mentor and a coach and a teacher to, to the next generation that's coming behind me. Yeah. And that, you know, I think that's, that's prevalent in any industry, in leadership, you know, yes. it's necessary. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And it'll separate you, right? Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. If, if you don't want to be on a team and, and you're a jerk and you just don't want to talk to people, 
you're still going to make some money. <laughs> oh, yeah. But your career, uh, your career trajectory is going to be flatter than the others. Definitely. Definitely. And it, it makes a difference because you're so much more valuable when not only can you achieve and do the work you do, but when you can galvanize and teach and make others better. That's a game changer, I believe. You know, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's our duty. I, mean, I believe that's our duty as a human being here on Earth, right? Like, we've got to help people and make it better than we found it. I agree. I agree. I agree. It's service. It's servant leadership. You know, and, yep. and I also believe most of us coming up had somebody help us at some point in our life. I think nobody gets to where oh, they yeah. are without someone helping them. I, I just, I firmly believe. Yes. So yes, I think, 100%. I think it's important to pay it forward and, and help others, especially younger folks coming up. Um, you know, now you came up at a time, you know, and I probably came up around about the same time too. We didn't have social media growing up. I know I didn't. I'm pretty sure you didn't either. It's, you know, it's, fairly, no. it's a fairly new thing. How, how do you think it's affected your profession and how you operate now? You know, well, so social media, there are like pros and cons, right? If, if I think about when I was running crews out there, I, you know, it would drive me nuts to see people post taking a picture and posting their work. Like, what are you doing? You're not working. You're here to produce, not update your damn status. Now, the upside of them doing that is they're doing that to all of their peers, right? And they're all seeing like, hey, this is kind of a cool and exciting situation. So the upside of social media, I think, is being able to display and put material out there that's accessible 24 hours a day to entice people to enter our workforce. You know, the other side is professionally, it's, it's in your best interest to, to maybe censor what you want to put out there because it's accessible going forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's, it, it's fantastic for marketing. It's fantastic for recruitment. I mean, I, I wasn't a social media freak. And, and now with the podcast that we just launched, I, I created an Instagram account. I created a, a separate Facebook and LinkedIn account, a YouTube account. I don't know what I'm doing yet, but, but I'm playing around with it, you know, because I recognize the value that it can bring to spreading spreading information and sharing great stories. Excellent. Yeah. Where do you spend most of your time? Like, what platform are you on? That you spend most- so LinkedIn... Yeah, LinkedIn is where I spend most of my time because, you know, I, I get access to amazing articles, right? Different insights, different approaches to stuff. I spend most of my time there. I spend time on Facebook jacking around, catching up with friends, being a goofball. But but most of it is LinkedIn, again, because it's a valuable resource, right? You can network and connect with people. There's a lot for me to learn. Again, the articles, I just, I love reading articles that, that challenge my thinking and expand my thinking and and LinkedIn's just a great source for that. Excellent. Now you mentioned your podcast. Can you tell us about your podcast? Maybe give us a two minute commercial, quick commercial about it. Oh, yeah. Thank you for that. Uh, so we launched the podcast Learnings and Missteps about mid-September. You know, the purpose of the podcast is to change the image of careers in our industry. That's that's what I want to do. What we do is we we intend to do that by interviewing the everyday heroes that are out there, right? The everyday sheet metal mechanic, apprentice, uh, sheet rocker, bricklayer, all of the above. Because 
that we people like I, I think the public at large have a skewed view of what a construction worker is or who a construction worker is. And I know so many amazing stories of yes, they're a construction worker. But man, they're, they're having tremendous impact in their community, right? They're having tremendous impact on other people's lives. They may or may, they have varying levels of education, but they are extremely intelligent people that are vested in making things better for others. And I don't know that very many people are aware of that, and I intend to help them learn that. Excellent. Do you find most of your uh, guests on LinkedIn or just through your... Yeah, not, not yet, but I absolutely will be going to LinkedIn. So, you know, being I've been in, in construction since 1995, so I know I've got a lot of uh, relationships. And so right now I'm harassing all of my the, my personal friends or people I have personal relationships with, which is a bunch of people. And uh, but obviously, yeah, I'll be taking advantage and leveraging LinkedIn for for other individuals in the future. Makes sense. Makes sense. Now, for an experienced plumber, you know, listening to this podcast, do you know of anybody? Are you hiring? Do you know of anybody who's hiring? Because obviously, you're pretty experienced in this profession, and I'm sure the fact that you've been in it since '95. Is there any companies or any hiring going on that you'd like to share? Yeah, you know, in San Antonio, I would, it's probably easier to, to say, to list the companies that aren't hiring <laughs> because everybody's, I mean, there, there is work out there like you wouldn't believe. People are just starving for personnel, starving for manpower. So that being the case, what my recommendation would be is to find an organization that is, is set up to develop your career mm -hmm. because you have a choice, right? Right now you have a choice, you know, back in the eighties when my dad was plumbing and I was just a kid, mm -hmm. he didn't have a choice, like work dried up and he had to travel the country just to work, you know, a project by project basis. Sure. Right now you can quit your job and have another job on your way home. Wow. Uh, so it's a, really an opportunity to be selective about the type of organization you want to be a part of that's going to help you grow as a human being. Yeah, that's great to hear. I mean, I don't think people really understand the value of that. The fact, especially in these days and times, you know, with, with COVID, there's still a lot of people who've lost jobs, not essential workers, yes. out of work. <laughs> so yes. to be able to quit your job that day and have another job, that's phenomenal. Even in good times, that was, that was hard, let alone now you know, post COVID when yes. are still unemployed. So that's yes. something people really. Yeah. And, and, and I would say to those folks that are unemployed, you may have to start at a very low entry level, mm -hmm. but it may be a good opportunity to start a brand new career. Yeah. So give, give construction a chance. I agree. Especially if those people who are working in retail, cause we all know what happened in retail. That got yep. decimated. Yes. You know. Yes. You know, how many of those big box stores went out of business? I mean, there were a lot of jobs that were lost, you know. Yes. That's pretty common knowledge right now. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, construction is the place to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Jesse, uh, we're going to wrap up. Can you please share how people can find you and, on social media? Yes, yes, yes. So, LinkedIn. Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, it's learnings and missteps. So learnings is misspelled and that's on purpose. L-E-A-R-N-I-N-S. 
N and missteps, M-I-S-S-T-E-P-S. You look that up, you'll be able to find us. And I pretty I exclusively post about our podcast right now. They're again less than ninety days old, still trying to figure out how to produce content and so forth. But please, I'd love to interact with people. I'd love to get feedback. I, I'm I'm a I'm a feedback addict. So actionable, candid feedback is my candy. Uh, so please hit us up and give us some love. Or you know, if you're gonna hit me, hit me hard. Oh, no worries. No worries. Well, I will have, I will have your information in the notes of the podcast. So people will be able to just look at those notes and be able to contact you. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you for your time and you have a wonderful afternoon. Very well. Talk to you next time. Thank you, Jesse. Thank you for listening to Skill Stadium. It would mean so much if you left a review on iTunes and told your family and friends about the podcast. 